Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, brothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Passover. Happy Ramadan. Is there a Passover song? Um... Past the duchy on the left hand side. No, but there is a lot of sing that that's what I missed about we did we didn't look, y'all. We've barely done any holidays this year. We just haven't No holidays. We've we've phoned it in. No festivities. Um there's a lot of singing in uh in Passover and we missed out on on all of it. And uh yeah. But in happier news, the sun is back, and we had a beautiful day, and this is Blighty Day Fiance. (laughs) My name is Michelle. My name is Robin. Hello. And we recap reality shows that are mostly based on dating, romance, relationships, sometimes familial relationships, not romantic familial relationships. We're not doing MILF Manor. Um, fuck no. However, we... we're definitely not doing DILF Manor. Look, we were 
underwhelmed by seeking brother husband. It doesn't really feel like the right successor to seeking sister wife, which no. is a, a, a heck of a show. A modern classic. A modern classic, exactly. A, a gem, a classic of the genre. Yeah. Um, Actually, Seeking Sister Wife is the kind of show that people that don't watch reality shows don't know what they're missing, right? Absolutely. Yeah? It's all human life is therein. Um, absolutely. Seeking Brother Husband is not that. Um, what we are seeking is guidance from you on what our second show should be. We like to have two going at the same time. We are um, going ahead with 90 Day the Other Way, of course. We are wrapping uh married at first sight australia in both in this very podcast because we wanted to give you a nice um bank holiday weekend as we call it here or easter weekend in america it's a megapod yeah yeah it's a megapod so uh we'll put time codes in and all that jazz yeah like we'll do maths first if you're not interested in maths then you know do a clicky thing skip on ahead yeah. any other housekeeping not really but like uh michelle said we do want to know what you want us to be doing because we do like to have two shows on the go um obviously family sads um and various things we we, we make no promises we make no promises, but we do our best. Um, so please let us know what you would like us to be doing. Blightydayfiance at gmail.com, at Blightyday on the socials. Come at us. Give us a clue. Because otherwise, I'm just going to do my Yellow Jackets inspired cookery show. That is real grim. Um, and for some reason, I'm I'm not able to take it in the spirit as as it's meant. I think it's quite distasteful both for Easter and for Passover actually. <laughs> okay. So you managed to uh and I'm I'm Ramadan. I mean you're not supposed to eat anyone during daylight hours. Oh, Christ on a bike. <sighs> Breathe in center. Right. So, Maths came in with a bang and went out with a whimper. Mm-hmm. Um, look, those of you who watched it that we brought in, I can only apologize if you found this season a bit lackluster. Um, seasons seven through nine were spectacular, and I it, it is still my favorite show. It is still my favorite reality show. Um yeah, it's lightning in a bottle. It, it It's a mixture of a format that can work exquisitely, made in a country where it is more likely to work exquisitely. Correct. Right? So, Maths Oz has the potential and, and has delivered, like three years in a row at least, delivered just, oh, orgasmic bliss when it comes to television. This year, not so much. Have they done Love is Blind in australia (laughs) um not that i'm aware of but i can totally see it work if they have we will recap that mark my i'm not really one for talking (laughs) (laughs) i'm fine if it's quite confronting i think we should get married (laughs) yes sorry 
Um, terrible Australian accents there. My Look, Australian accent is not yet. Do you ever do an accent? And as you're doing it, you go, that is not how I do that accent. Yeah, I, it just happened to me now. Yeah. Um, so look, rather than, um, go into exhaustive detail about all the couples because a lot of their stories ended a while ago and, you know, nothing can, nothing good can come up. Uh, from dredging up the past. But I really wanted to relitigate the whole Dan Sandy thing. Thanks, Reunion. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Talk about, I mean, that... They don't include couples that made it to the end and they bring them back to have the same conversation again. And it's a dark conversation. <laughs> no. It's a dark, n- not funny... And not, uh, but so, anyway, look. Sandy, tell us in great detail, how much has this ruined your life and broken your relationship with your family? Well, fortunately, it seems that her family have brought no. her back into the, to the fold. But anyway, she did not in any way, shape or form deserve what she got. And that was a... I I wanted the experts to to apologize to her for letting her down. That's what I wanted. That, you know what? Um, That's what I wanted in quite a few cases. Yeah. So they did their thing of they sort of go, you need to take a long hard look at yourselves and you need to learn from this. And she's giving you really good advice, which is rare in this world. You need to change and all that. Like maybe they need to look at themselves because... I don't really think the experts put these people together, but... I don't think they did either. They fucked up massively. They failed to have... The great thing about this show for the last few years has been that the men have actually been... Like, we... The world has preconceived notions of what Australian masculinity is. Right. But Maths has actually challenged that quite brilliantly in and the last And found year. some of the most thoughtful, sensitive... Beautiful men. Uh, beautiful men yeah. who, who forged you know, friendships that are still very much intact. It's the best thing about it. You know how, like, um, so the best thing about Below Deck sometimes is the relationships between the men when they're not, like, pig-headed monsters. You know, those other kinds of men. Yes. Right? Yeah. And Maths Australia can really, really do that. This year absolutely didn't happen because they cast the wrong men. They did. That's the thing. They did. I, I want to be really specific about why I didn't like this season. I am not coming for the women in any way. They just cast the kind of men I thought they'd grown out of casting. I totally agree with you. That's all. And, strangely enough, the kind of men that all of the women said that they, you know, have gone out of their way to avoid. Yeah. Right? Fuck boys who spend their lives at the gym. Yeah. Right? Except Duncan and Ollie. Yeah, look, not everyone was no, no, terrible, but no. look, let's 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 boil but, this but, down. But Duncan to... would have fitted in really well in previous years. He would have, yeah. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I liked him a lot, and I liked he would him have got lot. support from the other men. Because what I didn't hear this year is is people like Duncan actually getting that beautiful bromance support from the other guys. They yeah, just kept quiet and let it happen. That was really disappointing. Yeah. And I think I think that vacuum is what created chode when he was at the height Mm -hmm. uh, and i'm talking about harrison for those of you who don't know when he was at the height of his power yeah that's what it was Mm -hmm. and i've only just realized it now yeah when you have 
that vacuum where there's no solidarity among the men and there's no support for Cho- each other choking them with his toxic sol- solidarity yep yep right? like feigning like sympathy for jesse or you know uh, that will happen but if if other people had actually given like that beautiful male kind of bonding thing with Jesse that had been no room for Chode. Having said that, I think we both agree that these dying embers of maths did deliver one of the great all-time Meredith first sight Australian moments when when Chode had his power taken from him. It was Shakespearean. It really was. It was like <laughs> The whole thing, his his entire legacy felt, yeah. felt like it it felt like Julius Caesar. It really did. Not him being Julius Caesar, him being Brutus. You know, where it's like he and um Oh shit, who's the other one? Cassius? Right. But weirdly like everyone had a everyone had a go at playing Cassius <laughs> and uh and and even Bronte who turned out to be Portia and Cassius <laughs> oh, at the wow. same time. I know, I'm getting really deep now. Welcome to Shakespeare cl- uh cast. <laughs> the Australian <laughs> No, that was betrothed at first sight. When we saw the energy that he came into that dinner party with, with the with the nothing. I know. I was hoping, I thought from the previews that he had the messages between her and girl in the pink dress. Yeah, between Bronte and pink dress. Yeah. Where they were... Where um, she was talking scheming about... Scheming how they were going to fake that conversation yeah. we saw in the, in the first yep. episode. Which we now know was completely fake. Yes, and we now know that, that Bronte was sticking it out until the end that she had a game plan yeah which was to get all the way through to the end and and ditch him at the at the altar um and i'd have had so much more respect for her if she just changed up that plan and just gone ah the tide has turned a certain way and just dumped him but she didn't she had a game plan she stuck to it and she looked like a dickhead well done and she ended up being no better no better than him. Than him. No. Worse, actually. Well. So, um, let's do roses and thorns. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a couple of roses first. This this is gonna be controversial because a lot of people he used to bring me roses. I wish he could again. It's an Australian thing. That is the theme tune. And I think it's a country song anyway, but it's the theme tune to Prisoner Cell Block H. If y'all have never watched Prisoner Cell Block H. It is one of the five greatest TV shows of all time. It was uh, in the 90s, I want to say largely, an Australian soap opera set in a women's prison. And it is magnificent television. You've never seen Cell Block H, have you? I have not. I've spoken about it a lot though, right? The Freak Ferguson. Anyway... (laughs) Um, back in this century, let's uh, roses. Let's talk about roses. Yes, this is going to be an unpopular choice uh, because Evelyn was on previous mm. reality shows, and 
I thought she was a delight through and through. Mm -hmm. She knew exactly what the assignment was. She was open to everything. She didn't seek to degrade, emasculate, or humiliate her partner. And they parted as friends, Mm -hmm. respectfully. Yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah. I always wonder if, like, you just want to be on TV. Why do you want to be on TV and be known as an arsehole? And she came on... And just, she attacked the people that deserve to be attacked mm-hmm. yeah. and looked great doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, for someone, especially for someone on the reserve list, yeah. she she made a good impression. Yeah. Another rose, um, probably the sweetest in the whole bouquet, is Ollie's impersonation of John Aiken. It was a bit confronting, points. It was just, it was a delight. Yeah. And and Ollie and Tani together. I thought he was just a poor Jerry Seinfeld wannabe. Um, I now realize that he is as funny as classic vintage Seinfeld before Seinfeld became a bit of a dick. Um, he's charming. He's funny. He's actually quite good looking, isn't he? You said something earlier that really struck a chord with me, especially in light of the fact that I, I recently spent time with someone who was 20 years old, which I haven't done it like probably since I was, we had a a girl around to cut our hair. Does that sound very middle class? We got a girl in. And she was a girl. She was 20 years old. Yeah. And we had to have a conversation. Well, we didn't have to. Well, you know how hairdressing. Sure. got at all. And I was terrified of her. (laughs) So was I. And she was a delight. And it reminded me that actually, despite what everyone says, uh, you know, this generation are... By f- they are everything that was great about my generation and nothing that was bad, and I love them. I love them too. Yeah. I, I think that they, I mean, this young lady, and I put Ollie and Tani in this category too, they are not afraid to be vulnerable they're not afraid to be themselves they have empathy like i have never seen before Mm -hmm. i mean if i was uh, just talking about our hairdresser if if i could look if i could regard my parents with the same level of like real mature understanding and perspective yeah at, at that age i was I was astounded in a good way, yeah. in the most positive way. So they are, they are, they're better than us. They are better. And I'm than happy us. about that because they should it, be better than us. But it makes me feel better about potentially having another child someday because I, I really do feel like the future is not as bleak as everyone is painting it out to be. Yeah, I agree. Um, well done the kids and well so, done yes. Ollie and Tani you are delightful um, and your little Octi and the little Octi yes and my third rose is um, and I'm sorry it, it comes at the expense of a crazy person but it was the dressing down in the in the most honorable and decent and honest way that Duncan gave Alyssa. Yeah, it was great. I was 
so proud of him in that moment. And then she went and had a little poo-poo in the woods. <laughs> so what were your, what are your three roses? Um, we can get to the thorns. Look, I get names wrong all the time. It's a problem I have. It's Melinda with Leighton, right? Yeah, that's right. I liked her from the get-go. You weren't so sure. I liked her because she stood up to Melissa. Yes. Um, when Melissa tries to sex sh- slut, the inverse of slut shaming yeah. her for not necessarily... <laughs> shaming. Yeah, prude shaming for not necessarily wanting to sleep with a total stranger the minute that she met them, um, which seems perfectly reasonable to me it's also perfectly reasonable if you do want to but it's not okay to you know sling mud either way um and i thought she handled that i remember at the time thinking she really kept her shit together there and and didn't kind of you know flip off or slut shame the other side yeah which I, right? she she, she, did, she was like kind of you do you guy but all right um she had almost uh she had an open goal right yeah. to cause a huge conflict yeah, yeah. and she, she chose didn't not do to do it and so i always knew that there was potential with her um she's come out of this golden i think you know i don't know if it's real I oh don't. i love her yeah, i think she's right great. she's come out of it golden um and just by being in her company he's come out of it pretty well to be honest but she is the sunshine there yeah and he just maybe reflects a few rays right um so she is she is a rose for me um uh caitlin finally standing up to shannon shannon yeah um that was a win for me because her little speech when she did that was fucking magic and i believed every word yep that's true empowerment and Mm -hmm. i'm here for it all day long that was real good um i i want to have three i don't know if i really have three um i take great hope let me put it this way what about the boob cupcake <laughs> the i enjoyed the boob cupcake i was disappointed that no one else picked up on it particularly and the like the show's narrative didn't that was a thing and that should have been a thing oh can i make a suggestion for your third rose okay. oh, please uh when alejandra called harrison the most predictable person in yeah. this experiment alejandra had a few moments this year uh, oh, she she was where she Marvelous. cut where she cut people right down mm-hmm. she was kind of glorious a thorn is everything they decided to make her wear this year one of the most beautiful women in the world reduced to um you know the final pages of the freeman's catalog um does that work internationally? Probably not. Think of bad catalogue. Think of a bad Sears catalogue. Um, the kind of clothes that you would you find on mail order things when you were little, if you're as old as me. Um, I, lo- I got loads of thorns. But you know what? My thorns are the thorns that everyone has. Like, you know, go to fucking Reddit and see what everyone's saying about this season of, of Married at First Sight Australia. It is a known catastrophe. They have fucked up monumentally. They have cast the wrong people. This show is amazing when they cast those wonderful, next-generation, clever, in-touch-with-themselves men like Ollie. And in previous years, there have been quite a few of them. They didn't do it this year. And because the men were terrible, the women were terrible. And it was 
sounds terrible. And it also turns out they edited everything so that what we saw wasn't even what really happened. Blah, 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 blah. Read all about it on the internet. Again. For what it's worth, the producers apparently have at least seen the error of their ways and will do better next year. We shall see. I just want to point out that the editing and everything, all of that is alleged, and I question the source of that information. Sure. Um, a few thorns that I want to point out, you know, to, to some people would be minor things. <laughs> um, but we like those. I hated Tawny's wedding dress. It looked like a Bride of Frankenstein costume from a spirit Halloween store. Okay. It was awful. What? Her hair was awful. No, but you like what she wore for the final vows. Oh, I loved that. Yeah. That dress was beautiful. Okay. That she should have gotten married All right. in. All right. Um, I did not like the whole... <laughs> The whole Cam and Taylor thing, uh, but more really because the, those two I just can't take seriously. I, I thought Taylor was a wasted yeah. asset because she was... Someone that dumb, and she is really very simple. Um, and unintentionally funny. But people like that are actually great TV. There's they a are. classic example in this country, a, a lady called Jade Goody, who was on Big Brother and sadly, you know, passed away really young, but she became <laughs> like the heir to kind of Princess Diana in a way. She was like the princess of reality TV. She became a huge star in this country because she was just very guileless completely without incapable of lying i mean awful in many ways you know a lot of what she did in her life and certainly on tv wasn't great but there was an innocence to it and 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 there there was something about that with taylor just something just she could have been good tv but it didn't happen she yeah she went out too early i see why you cast her though because she was she was nasty. Yeah. But we got we got the best of her unintentional hilarity and physical comedy yeah. even in the last two episodes. And so that that felt like a wasted opportunity and a real shame. And who cares if he's stripped off in a club? I'll also say, I mean <sighs> Lindell. I think what happened, I think the danger of coming into this experiment when you've not had a serious relationship before or even like a long term or even a casual relationship before is that for her, this cut incredibly deep and for Cam, it didn't. And he was dishonest and he is, um, He's incredibly disrespectful, and I think he's gross and a fuckboy, and I think he did lead her on. But she needs to let go of that before it poisons whatever time she has left, because she's really going to regret, you know, when she was in that 
Oklahoma audition dress. Stroke. Um, B-stock pinata. Not even a pinata, but you know, like, you know, Fourth of July parades yeah. in America where they put up kind yeah. of like those doilies. That's what it looked like to me. It wasn't a good look. She's not, I can't say she made excellent fashion choices, but. I mean, good Lord. I think there's an ex of mine who <laughs> who googled every dress she wore um looking to see if she could buy them. Um yeah, yeah. Like, whereas Caitlin I thought had a wonderful um attitude you know, and yeah, yeah, you know, she had her Ava Perón moment, you know, and it was kind of, you know, magnificent. Lindell never had that. In the same way, she thinks she did, but she actually didn't. Because, perhaps because she let it go too long. At a certain point, like, <laughs> drinking the milk on the last day is a victory. Drinking the milk once it's gone sour is idiocy. And she was sour milk by the end of that. I just think she ceded the higher ground right. when she didn't let him speak. I couldn't agree more. You know, and that's that's Let him saying speak. the a guy lot. has dug himself God knows how many pits. Let right, him... and she could have let him look even worse, but no. instead she was yeah, it's it's it not stupid. she came off as bitter yes. and um and like, too too deep in that. You here's know? the thing. Caitlin never came across like she went on this show to have that moment. Right. Lyndall looks like she came on the show looking to be disappointed. I, 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 I'm I, not saying she did, but looking back on it, now the perspective is that everyone will have is that she was looking to be disappointed and all she wanted to do was have that moment at the end. Like Bronte, right? Who we know went into the show looking to do exactly the same thing. Caitlin's was real and organic and that's when you get to do those things. But Unfortunately, Lyndall looks like her greatest moment ever was a low. And that's not brilliant. I disagree with that characterization of her. I I think that she definitely was very honest in how she felt. And I think she felt those emotions very deeply. And all of that was genuine, unlike with Bronte, where she was just... Oh, sure. A blinking, quivering, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. It was it, it was way too much. It was exhausting. Coming from Lyndall, it, it did... I, I think she was there, but I think what she needs help with and what she needs to maybe think about and get some perspective on is you don't have to define yourself by this shitty relationship in order to feel growth from it. Or, like It's all I'm saying. I, I, I need to be a little bit clearer about what I said. For me, the perspective on Lyndall is that her, the, 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 the kind of the, the zenith of what happened with her was admitting failure as it were for Caitlin. It was refusing to fail. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Do you, the, you, Wait, did you mean... Did you get those reversed? I'm not no. quite sure I understood what you were saying. Caitlin was like, no, I deserve better than this. Right, Right. okay. Whereas Lindor's was, no, this has been awful. 
You yeah. are awful. Does, does that? She, yeah. You know, so she dwelled so much in the, you did this to me. You hurt me. You, th-, and, and it was so, so much of a fucking downer that what you want from those speeches is a kind of, but I will rise and I will thrive. And, you know, and that's what you got with Caitlin, mm-hmm. you know, because it was much more organic and it was inspiring. And I believed it. And I believed it. Yeah. It, it, I got no inspiration from Lindell. God, what an absolute piece of trash Shannon was. I knew oh, that from the very beginning. Awful. Anyway, w- listen, I know we didn't, get to cover this the season in full i hope this one hasn't put you off because we do we deeply love this show we really do and and look if you're watching the american one we'll we'll try the american one if more of you can access it you know just um but hopefully we've Hey, come at us, like we say. Yeah, at Blighty Day, Blighty Day Fiance, um, at gmail.com. Let us know. Um, we are casting around for something else. Trust us, though. If you have like some spare time, maybe you have a honeymoon <laughs> and you're thinking, what, what, what? Like we're stuck in a hotel room with each other. What on earth are we going to do for a week? Um, we thoroughly recommend all seasons of Math Souls. Or fuck. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So now we're moving seamlessly into the second segment, which is... um, 90 Day the Other Way, colloquially known as Toe. And I'm just going to, because it has been a while and we've been a little bit uh, overwhelmed, we've got a dear friend visiting us this week um, from Berlin. Going to clown school. And we have a clown staying with us for the week. Yeah, yeah. we do. An actual clown. And she's a, we love her so much. Um, and she's changed my understanding of what that means to the point where I now feel like I can't say clowning on, clowning on someone. Yeah. Right. So uh, this is episode nine. A beautiful thing is never perfect. The discovery. The puck would disagree with that. Summary says. Um, I 
Actually, I am perfect. Gabe fears fallout after coming out to Isabel's parents. Johan fumes over news about Danielle's ex. Rishi's risque pick leaves Jen reeling. Mahmoud's brother throws him a relationship lifeline. Chris and Jamie tie the knot. Right. Where do you want to start? Okay, so let's start. Let's start with Nicole and Mahmoud. Thank you to everyone who um, took the time to like the cartoon of them that I made this week. I was really proud of that. It was very good. Um, I really enjoy it. I didn't invent that concept, and I would never claim to, of putting those two things together, like 80s cartoons and reality TV shows, but I am thoroughly enjoying it. So, you know, pa- pass them around. I do, I do work hard and we don't have the Patreon now. So it's like, yeah, well, it'll come back. It'll come back. We got the spring air in our lungs. We're, yes. We're coming back to life. Yeah, we are. We're coming back to life. Like a couple of little peonies. Aww. Um, yeah, Nicole and Mahmoud. So look, his brother. Uh, Mahmoud's brother runs interference. Mahmoud's, Mahmoud's brother is fucking gold. He reminded me immediately of Wissam. Uncle Wissam from nineteen. Even though he's fuck. nowhere near as good looking as no, he's not. But he Uncle has that, that same demeanor where he sort of shatters everything as just a human being. He can talk to anybody. Yeah, he's as magnificent. Well. Yeah. He's absolutely magnificent. He's full of shit, but he's magnificent. But he's not. But I think he believes that what he's saying is true. I don't. I or oh, that if he yeah. doesn't believe it, he really wants it to be true. And I think everyone wants it to be true. But his overriding philosophy is just kick this one down the curb till later. <laughs> when you actually look at what he's actually saying, you know, uh... indulge her because eventually she'll come round. I don't... uh, I broke my Chinese wife. It took a couple of mm, years, but I got there. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you actually listen to what he's really saying, it's not great advice. It's not great advice for someone who does not want to be a part of this culture. No. I think that's where... I I think we need to give him the benefit of the doubt... You're right. ...that he is taking her word yeah. that she does want to yeah. live in Egypt You're and right. uh, and coexist peacefully right. with everyone he, around His her. advice is someone struggling to adapt, right? Yeah. He's talking about that. She's struggling to adapt. Be gentle with her. It's hard, right? But what he isn't seeing is that she has no intention of adapting and never will. I don't think she can. I, I honestly don't think she can. I don't think she will ever understand uh, who Mahmoud really is. Um, I don't think that that will stop her from convincing herself that this is the great love of her life and that nothing else can equal that. Yeah. Not seeing that. Not seeing... I need to see how bad her other relationships were. I don't even, I don't need to see how bad her no, relationships were. I think we can all extrapolate. I think, you know, look, she didn't, she met, I'll put it this way. She met Mahmoud instead of meeting Keith Raniere or David Koresh 
or I mean, she wouldn't have yeah, met him because he's yeah, dead. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like she and I, I credit Jake Anthony with this, of course, but he he said she would make the perfect cult member and she would. Oh, yeah. And so I think that she can be and I'm I'm not saying at all that Mahmoud is a is like that, but I think she would be drawn to anyone with a sense of with such a strong sense of purpose mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. And that is extremely attractive. I mean, I, I sort of, in many ways, I am jealous of people who are very religious and able to live sure. within very strict guidelines because I spend so much of my life obsessing over what my purpose is and what yeah. I want my legacy to be and all of that yeah. stuff. And what should I be doing right now? Yeah, well, exactly. You know, hey, there's a book here which tells you it's four o'clock. You should be on your knees. Is that book The Game by Neil Strauss? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. No, that's not even. Oh, that joke doesn't even work. <laughs> we'll leave it there because I, I deserve what I get for that. Yeah. Um, Did he write a book for women? <laughs> no, he didn't. That's why the joke doesn't work. Yeah. Ugh, egg on my face. I know. Um, and uh, mine had the potential of, of of being racially insensitive, which I don't mean it to be. It it, but I I I do think that she would love a detailed instruction list for life. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this, in theory, appeals to her. It's just she doesn't like the specific instructions. So she should probably, you know, head off to Waco and find something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I know about her is that she has no idea who she is. I have no idea who she is. Oprah wrote a book called what i know for sure and in the book she she talks about all the things that you know her life lessons what what she knows for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt right nicole what nicole knows for sure is that islam is not the right faith for her that is something she definitely That is something that she knows. Whether she, it she will ever admit it is she is definitely guess. knows that she doesn't like anything over her head. She definitely knows that now. There used to be a thing in um American Esquire magazine. Um Esquire? Esquire? Do I need to say it like that? No, I just I've never heard you say it, so I'm just look, I'm charmed. How would you say it? Esquire? How did I say it? Esquire? I need to put more emphasis on the F. You don't need to change a thing because I love you just the way you are. I'm referring to the American magazine, I should say, right? That was always my favorite magazine back when I was a journalist because it was fucking magnificent writing. I love that magazine. It was incredible. Like anyone that didn't read it because they thought, oh, it's a men's magazine and confused Mm -mm. it like with, I don't know, FHM or something massive mistake no yeah massive although they didn't treat their female uh, although there was clearly you know a bias there toward men and men's stories and stories about men but the writing yes and no i mean i remember an incredible like 18 page article about a female nuclear scientist which was just 
river you remember like when for a time cosmopolitan tried to be a proper magazine had interesting articles right i do not remember that yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) but uh, the uk esquire was awful but the american one honestly there was not a dud in it it was as good as journalism got it was incredible um but there used to be a and it may still be there i don't read it anymore because nothing's good anymore um there used to be a a what i've learned um thing and and it would essentially be you know a a one-page kind of a thing written by people usually in the, uh, towards the tail ends of their lives and it was like that oprah kind of thing and, and it would just be like life advice or just you know really what i've learned and of course it, they didn't really write it it was ghost written it was an interview condensed down into that form but it would be a guarantee every single month there'll be some fucking useful shit some really interesting stuff like i want to know what mel brooks thinks <laughs> towards the end of his life you know this is useful i want this all condensed tell me what matters and what doesn't matter yeah. what I, what i should be wasting my time on and what i shouldn't look be wasting if my you want to know any of those things talk to someone who works in hospice care right right yeah because well let's not go there because i'm going to get emotional but one i only ever interviewed one person at the very end of their life who was that i did the last ever interview with quentin crisp are you familiar with quentin crisp yes i am but for people who aren't um because it's not a household name there was a movie made with john hurt where john hurt played quentin crisp based on one of his books um <laughs> what was he the david sedaris of his age in a way he was a diarist okay really he was a bon viveur um he was a homosexual in a time when that was more challenging um but almost you know if if you if you draw a straight line between oscar wilde and david sedaris you get quentin crisp okay gotcha right? yeah. yeah um and he um he lived off charity towards like you know the last 20 30 years of his life really in new york that um he lived off um getting invited to parties and just eating the peanuts at the parties you know he didn't really have an income source but he was quentin crisp right he was a raconteur and a bon viveur like a truman capote but less toxic yeah Yeah. um a, a guy you would want at any event right the mm-hmm. opening and he would go to the opening of a of, of a letter you know um as long as there was you know a free drink in it for him and um i was in new york um on some job or other um with uh my photographer and we were just we were talking about quentin crisp and how you know all you had to do was call him up and you know he'd have lunch with you because it was a lunch and we were just like oh shit maybe we should actually just do this and we genuinely did it like we'd read in you know the naked civil servant or one of his books so that's that's something you could do so we thought we would and and we called him and he came and had lunch with us in this diner and and i interviewed him and he died the next day you're kidding yeah wow yeah actually that isn't true (laughs) (laughs) which part i've just remembered i interviewed someone closer to their death who the guy who played father ted oh right yeah oh bless him because i interviewed him the day he died (gasps) yeah oh yeah 
That was so sad. Yeah, that sucked. He was in rude health. And I dropped him off at the studio. They were recording that final season. And and I think he died on set. Was he lovely? Yeah. Yeah, I bet he was. Not as lovely as Ardlo Hannon, who played um, Dougal. Yeah. Now, he, he's a lovely man. Have I deviated? This is all Patreon stuff. There you go. You've all got some stuff for free. While the patrons pause, I'll tell them my showbiz stories. <laughs> my, well, my showbiz stories about famous people 40 years ago. No, yeah. come on. Don't but Quentin, silly. Quentin Chris, it, it, that's a big thing. Like, genuinely, there are. He's one of the people that kind of bestrode the 20th century, I'd say. For people who know who he is, that, that was a thing. That was a real thing. Yeah. There you go. Who were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about someone else. Um, Gabe and Isabel. Fine. Yeah. Well, that went well. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I don't know what more you could ask of these people. I, I strongly suspect that this is going to be one of those... Um, hate the sin, love the sinner kind of workarounds. But you know what? What other people think of you is none of your business, really and truly. Mm. Mm. And It's what they say to you. This man, he was embraceful. Can we we talk about... Did we talk about last time? The email we got? I I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to give that person airtime. I think it's relevant. Then you can talk about it. Mm. I, I don't I don't want to give someone came at us with the most transphobic, hate filled, revolting missive. Hey, if you listen to this, buddy, we think you're an asshole. Trigger warning, by the way. Trigger warning if you're sensitive to I mean, we all ought to be, but trigger warning if this is a particular yeah. um tough thing for you. Fast forward five minutes. And his point was, oh, first we had to tolerate, and we tolerated. Then we had to accept. And fine, I guess I I can accept. But then they want embracement too. Good word. Then they want embracement. And I'm like, <laughs> it, was, it was awful to read. Um, but, ah... Uh, that's kind of what happened in this episode. And I was just thinking, oh, God, you're looking for embracement, and you, you don't actually need it. Now, don't get me wrong. It is wonderful when that happens. It is wonderful, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in televisual terms, there is nothing better than someone embracing something that they are not familiar with. Like it, it, it's beautiful to see in real life, and it's just it's it's important to see on television. I love that, but you can't go expecting those things. Like it is fundamentally enough. Acceptance is a win. Is that wrong? Am I, I over speaking? I, I I don't know. I find that I'm a dodgy ground. I get that tolerance is an insult, right? You don't tolerate me because there's nothing fucking wrong with me, right? 
acceptance, I feel, is the level we're all at, isn't it? I just want to be accepted by people. You know, you might like me, you might not like me. I don't know that in life I expect anything more than that, and I feel like I'm saying things I'm not qualified to say. And I'm very uncomfortable about this. Like, I'm happy to embrace. I just don't know if you should be critical of people who don't. But what do I know? What do I know? I think... (laughs) It just seemed like self-sabotaging. That's all. No, I I agree with you. Um, I mean, I'm trying to... Not to bring it back to me, but to to try to to try on a similar lens, I guess, yeah. is uh, obviously um, before we met and and I have always had a a penchant for um, the Semitic variety of men. Um, I've always loved Jewish boys. Uh, I was not born of a Jewish mother. Um, so I'm, I'm not ethnically Jewish. Um, and for many of my, uh, significant boyfriends or even potential, potential boyfriends, uh, mothers, that was a deal breaker right off the bat. There was no, um, there was no, I could convert. There was no, it was just, that that is wrong. They have no interest in getting to know me, and the relationship's going nowhere. Mm. Right, no matter what I do, mm-hmm. and that hurts yeah. a lot. Yeah, that that kind of rejection is awful, and it doesn't. I am Toler- not tolerance would have still hurt. Tolerance would have hurt too. Yeah, acceptance would have been enough. Acceptance would be enough for me from anyone. Yeah, but I. But also, having said that... You only get one life, and don't we all crave the embracement? We all crave the embracement. And I just to be clear, I'm in no way comparing that experience to being trans, to being um, gay, or uh, or a person of color, any of those... No, no. But if if they put this stuff on TV, and we're going to talk about it, we have to find ways of relating to it that we can, you know. Sure. Yeah. So, I will say, of course, I... Of it, I guess what I'm saying is it's not a uniquely trans experience no. to want to be embraced. No, no, no. And but that that that's I want to be really clear about this. I'm not talking about any of this in trans terms because it could be any of the things that you know that that you suggest, or it could be a mental health issue. It could be anything. Right. We've all got our things. And again, I'm not saying I'm the equivalent because I have a thing. I'm the equivalent of trans person or whatever. You know, it's not a competition. I understand everything is completely unique. It's just in human interactions. Are you going to sink your own boat because the water was the wrong shade of blue that day? I I don't know. It's just float on the boat and. Within time, as they truly get to know and love you and see past the thing that is the label and the stigma and all the negativity and everything, they they love you as a human being, that will come, right? Yes. There's every sign that that will come. But to expect it from the get-go is self-sabotaging. I couldn't agree more. And 
And I think that that is actually a situation that so many people are in, in, in the entire, you know, 90 day universe is they are, they're confusing the love and the trust and the, in Spanish, the word is confianza that you have to build Mm. with people with, uh, with, bigotry or you know and and it's and unfortunately on this on this show and with not this particular show but in the 90 day universe unfortunately it's a thin line between being a bigot and being someone who's just a bit more closed off yeah and needs time to build trust with people anyway all i'm saying is if we all found it a beautiful beautiful thing when armando's dad hugged kenny they did hug didn't they i think so it was beautiful though right yeah that was just i mean maybe it was embracement (laughs) again this is not our word this is what this awful person wrote um but it was really acceptance right and we all found that beautiful maybe that's not enough i mean i don't know i'm not trans i don't know maybe it isn't enough but it felt like a win to everyone else watching it, dude. That's all so. I'm saying. We all watched that and we were like, ah. I think so. I mean, I'll add to that, that when you, that in your own, that when in your own country, you are regarded by some people as subhuman or a, a freak. Threat. Or a threat yeah. of some kind in the way that many, not just trans people, but anyone who is of a minority, yeah, go I Go ask Ted Cruz what he thinks of you. Sure. Yeah. Well, he's, so, he's such a spineless mollusk, he wouldn't even admit to having those views in front of someone else. I believe the line was, my name is Ted Cruz and my pronouns are fuck you or something like that. Of course he said that, but in a room full of, you know, his fellow deep, deep, deep sea, like single-celled amoeba. Might have been sucked my dick. I'm not sure. Awful human being. Horrible. Yeah. Um. While we're on that topic, just 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 tiny, uh, <laughs> tiny tiny little so little um, segment here <sighs> to everyone, not just in Nashville, to every parent who has to live with the fear of their child not coming home from school. Because someone with a semiotic, semi, semi automatic weapon, sorry, had a bad day. Uh, our hearts are with you. We, we are parents. We, as much as we complain about him, we love our child beyond words and i love my nieces and nephews beyond words and um we're frustrated 
for you, were frustrated on your behalf. Um, and if you think that this is a political issue and not a human rights issue, if you have the knowledge that guns are the number one killer of children in the United States, and this still is an issue of uh, of of politics to you, then you need your head checked urgently. You need to check your conscience. And I will not even countenance any argument to that, okay? Because I, I refuse. Yeah? Yeah, just let me know what your solution to this is. And if your solution is more guns... There are plenty of open carry states where this shit happens again and again and again. So that doesn't work. Just like the war on drugs doesn't work. These things are designed to win votes. They're not designed to heal society. This is you're absolutely right. They're designed to get campaign funds. That's that's all they're for. Look, we'll we'll leave it there. You're being, but you're being played. You're being played. We'll we'll leave it there just for our own sake and for the sake of the the mental health of everybody. But please understand that we stand in solidarity with you. Our hearts and minds truly are with you. Um yeah, I stand in solidarity with every parent. I stand in solidarity with every person in color of color. I stand in solidarity with every trans person. I stand in solidarity with everyone who's different. I stand in solidarity with everyone who isn't. You are all my brothers. You are all my sisters. No one is right. No one is wrong. But a dangerous person is a dangerous person, is a dangerous person, and I don't stand in solidarity with you. And I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the privilege that it is to send my son to school no. and know that he's going to come back and that I'm never going to have to have that conversation with him. Yeah, the worst thing that's going to happen to Alfie at school is he's going to hit his head yet again. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to get a call from the school half an hour before I'm due to pick him up normally saying, yeah, he's, he's had a bit of a head thing. <laughs> you should come and get him. And then five minutes later, yeah, he's okay, actually. He slipped We're, on a banana peel. He's yeah. had a little cry. And I mean, this happens over at it. least once a week. It does. That it is really my, my, great, my greatest fear is inconvenience <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to my kid. Um, you know, that... My greatest fear is having to see their school production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Fuck okay. Me. Their Christmas plays every year. <laughs> that is that is the worst thing that can happen involving children in this country. So Oh, hey. I'm so sorry, you guys, but it's it does it's been on my heart, especially this week, which is you know, it's such a happy time for This week, a which lot is unfortunately every fucking week. And the fact that this stuff is normalized is a story in and of itself. And, you know, 
I'll I'll go a little further. This is not political. Like, I'm not even American. What the hell do I deserve to have an opinion for? But this is not a partisan thing. Fuck you, Obama. Fuck you, Biden. That's how I feel about it. I am so sick of Democratic presidents getting up on stage and talking about how there's nothing they can do when they haven't done everything they can do. Fall on your sword, resign your job, make a statement, do something. Just standing there and saying how awful it is when you are the most powerful person in the world is not enough. I expected of the other side. I am consistently distraught and disappointed when the good guys, and there there you have some partisan stuff, when the good guys are fucking shit at this too. It's not enough to cry. Do something. Should we talk about Danielle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's... Uh... Let's get into it. Let's get um, into it. Holy cow. Look, this is a conversation about... I I have actually, out of curiosity, I have gone... T- I have consulted the services of uh, an IFA... Um, <laughs> So you got Babber on the phone, right? No, well, not that one. <laughs> okay, but uh, a different one. All right. And he was a perfectly pleasant guy. Um, well, you say he was pleasant. I've been clearing out coconut for bloody weeks. <sighs> Look, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. Okay, and I and I'm very open minded, and and I was curious. I I wanted to learn. What it is about this religion. Um, Johan also, by the way, curious and open-minded and accepting. Yeah. Do you think Danielle's going to set foot in a Pentecostal church? <laughs> no. I think not. No. Do you think she's going to go to a five-hour church service? But the more I see of Johan, the more I really like him. Like, he, he was not at all like, what is this? Like, he was, there was no bit of the burb why about him, right? Sure. Yeah. Can I just say, though... Go on. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> you want to get back in the snuggle sack? Come here. She's not talking to me. She's uh, talking to the French bulldog. He's a Frenchie. Um, <laughs> so, I've done some reading. Uh, I've I've done some research. I've spoken to the IFA practitioner who mm-hmm. does initiate people like he's he's in it um you know he's a young guy but he's he's as he's been initiated into the faith and and does the the readings and everything um i think danielle's getting ripped off oh yeah you're not feeling baba i don't think that uh, with all due respect and there is a lot of respect due to this African religion. Yeah, age which, old. You like, know? What, what the fuck it's, do you know? This shit's been around thousands of years. Right? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she's getting ripped off. There's it's, it's, Something doesn't 
feel right about it. And the primary thing that doesn't feel right about it is that she was initiated into the religion. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which I feel... What, like they would consult, but they wouldn't have her? Yeah, I sort of feel like they would... Like, I don't think they... I don't think they turn people down as such. No. But I do think you need to have... uh, it's not as straightforward as like you've got to commit these whatever like verses to memory or whatever stuff like that. No. I'm 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 thinking about Judaism where you know you have to study for a period of time mm-hmm. and then then maybe they'll let you in, no. right? Um, I just think that they <laughs> a, a trustworthy person would would have stricter screening protocols okay. to keep people like her out okay. uh but look her money's as green as the next person's mm. and um i'm sure she's well apparently it's greener yeah i'm sure yeah. she's brought them a lot now they have a conversation the, the the crux of the matter here is he gets the reading done he's not overly impressed with it um i thought he was okay uh, yeah but he was like and I have my religion. Yeah. Now, is she, like I said, is she going to his church? Is she no. looking for to the beauty in his religion? No, because she she has no interest. It has nothing to do with her, no. right? Yeah. Um, so, she introduces the topic of, like, look, this guy who I, who wasn't my boyfriend, which, let's face it, means that she was... This guy she fucked. This guy she was fucking for a period of time who... Yeah was probably, you know, I think that relationship was more meaningful than she has suggested. I got the feeling that we're in a Binyam Ari kind of, I, to the extent that I, I just thought that like they've seen previous seasons and she's trying to sort of play some of the greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like if I want to stay on this show for a few seasons, who can I who am I most like that I can emulate? And she is most like Ari, isn't she? So you're thinking she's like, I've got to get up here and play dreams and don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Do you have any sisters I can way. get in a fight with? Yeah. Yeah. She's she only wants to to play the greatest hits, right? Yeah. But that that to me, that's what she is. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying this feels like contrived necessarily, but it does a little bit feel contrived. Um, now, having said that, the period of my life after my separation from my first wife um, and, you know, the divorce that followed and meeting you um, when I was dating people, I. I'm one of these guys that the the, the the primary pleasure I got from dating was just making friends. It's very hard to make friends with other men, um, but I found it quite easy to make friends with women and, you know, there'd be some sex involved too, right? Um, and one of the, almost a sadness of when you actually sort of, you know, get together with someone you stay with is that you then kind of, it is wrong at that point, really, to continue those friendships, right? But you mourn them a little bit because they're like, they're your 
team for a while. They're your support network. They they are your friends, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and there are definitely some people that I dated that I would love to see again, but I also wouldn't because those friendships were very much based on the fact that I was single and very much based on the fact that we'd end up like spending the night with each other. And I don't really know if that translates outside of that. Well, you know me, I've got a chain five miles long and on every link a heart does dangle (laughs) of another man I've loved and wronged. I mean, I, I keep, I keep all of them except the ones that don't want me. You do keep all of them, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think it's better that way. It's fine. I mean... I don't. But I don't have a problem with it. And and I don't think he should actually have a problem with it. Um, if, if it were The anyone, way it's presented, mm, he should have a problem with. I think it's her personality as well. Because yeah. I think that she... I think that she is doing it so that she can make Johan feel stupid and less than. Oh, that's it. But just like Ari, right? It will be, let me get this guy in and I will constantly point out everything that's great about this guy and where you fall short. That's what it will be, right? Right. I could be with this guy, yeah? I was fucking him. I want you to picture that. It's going to be all of that, right? And and I can't blame him for like rejecting that. In no way is it. Like at no point did she say, There's this guy, I think you would get on like a fucking house on fire. Yeah, we used to have a thing, but seriously, you need to meet him for you. None of that. Yeah. Cake and eat it. It it just it. It 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 never ceases to amaze me how how low she'll go. But hey, like I say, greatest is she. She's looked at all of the things that make people like popular hate figures on this show, and she is all of them. She is. She is Angela. She's. Ari, but I don't think she. she is- I don't think she thinks that that's who she is. She's I think baby she, girl Lisa. She, I think she thinks that she's this. Um, well, I mean, it, in one of her Instagram lives, she said one of my friends sent me a podcast. Right? <laughs> Come on, as if you're not listening right now, Danielle. Yeah. Um, her friend Simon Potify. <laughs> yeah. Her friend, her friend, um, her friend, Apple Pod, Alan Podcast, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was clearly it was targeted at reality gays. Oh, and she was talking about um, she dared to. She had the gall. To invoke the name of Brene Brown and said, you know, I don't, I don't think maybe jealousy is the wrong word. Maybe it's envy. But she was basically talking about how, you know, 
uh, the, those guys are jealous of her because of what she has and what they, Pe- what they don't have. People do this all the time. This is like a modern infestation, isn't it? Uh, like a disease of our times where you always say oh the haters they're jealous they're not jealous they just don't like you (laughs) that's a that is perfectly fine to not like someone without being jealous of them i think some haters are jealous i think there's an overlap there but i don't think it can be the case i don't think anyone is jealous of danielle no there is nothing to be she literally has nothing she is just coasting by on white privilege that's all it is and the vapor trail of that is getting thinner and thinner every day which is why it stinks which is why she's clinging on to it um but it will run out there will be a comeuppance there will be a reckoning in this storyline and it's either going to be glorious to watch or really really gross and i don't know which way it's going to go yeah, I often think about I often think about Battle Royale and the the Hunger Games and and things wow. like that and I'm like I did, no because I'm asking like my if you put people from the 19th Daneverse in a kill or be killed situation. No, that's not where I was going. Oh. Sorry, I just I just knowed you again, and I really didn't mean to. All the improv people out there are going to be like Michelle. Yes, and a little more. I didn't mean to to cut you <laughs> off. What I meant to say was I I think often how many years out, because I don't think it's decades, how many years out are we from the televised celebrity deathmatch? Uh not even celebrity deathmatch, but de- from the televised killing uh you, you know murders basically in well, a entro- competition setting. it's entropy it's the natural law of the universe everything tends to chaos so yes it is inevitable it's inevitable but how close are we to that I, f- I feel like the answer is like 30 40 years but the speed at which things change the internet I mean, we just watched Red Rose. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that Luther movie was what was and the Luther way movie. Dark. Uh, do you know what? If I knew what the plot was ahead of time, I would have never watched that. Yeah, we don't want to spoil shit. It, no, we're not going to spoil it. It was too gruesome for me. I'll put it that way. And it's, it's stuff I don't want to think about. Everyone in it was good. Everyone, you know, love Luther, all of that. Um, it just, yeah, I can't. Uh, but from mainstream that because i'm sure it's happening already and i don't i let's not go there let's talk about a lesbian wedding instead (laughs) yay Yay. like a shakespearean comedy will end with a wedding Mm -hmm. has it ended their storyline was presented very much as a walk into the sunset we will not see them again did you not think? Oh, I'm sorry. We missed Jen. Let's do Jen and Rishi first because I forgot about that. It was such a short what? segment. Okay, so long story short, you all saw it. The <laughs> the the Skype coven convened. The FaceTime coven convened. You to, have no authority, Jen. 
Yeah, the Brit, no one's gonna Brit, get that. British joke, yeah. That's a that's a uniquely British yeah. joke. You have no authority, Jackie. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. What did you think about Rishi sending the old steamy? topless pick to jen's friend um i need a hell of a lot more context honestly i need to see what he was sent i like so imagine the conversation oh yeah you're, you're seeing my friend jen are you or what it might not even refer to that you know so oh, what do you do oh i'm a dance instructor and a model and also a gigolo but let's not talk about that um uh oh, oh are you oh what kind of modeling do you do well you know you know it, it's a you know how the go, game goes it's, it's i mainly get cast because of you know my torso oh let's see some of that yeah this is the kind of thing i do you could send that in in such a way that isn't and wouldn't you like to run your tongue through the curves of my abs Sure, but right? I also you think... You really, truly could. But I also think that he is... Um, he, that he is an escort. He is a sex worker. And I think that he... Which is legitimate. And I think that he makes money mm-hmm. off of sending those pictures and maybe videos and things like that. Like mm-hmm. quite a lot of women who have featured in these past shows. I'm thinking of Caesar's... Maria, mm-hmm. who, you know, had multiple Maria, not the accountant, who probably had multiple uh men paying for it. Look, it's a legitimate trade. Mm-hmm. It is work, you know? And so that's that's the beginning and the end of it. I don't think it's gonna I really don't think that is gonna be enough to uh I think it's a sunk cost fallacy here, folks. I think when you sink your value so low that you've been with a guy for years and years and years, but he's not even telling his family he's even in a relationship with you, the last thing you should worry about is the fact that he's sending pictures to other people. Right. Like, be sure of the certainty of your relationship before you're worried about what he's doing with anyone else. <laughs> but if you don't even have that, as far as I'm concerned, they're in a non-exclusive dating situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just he's saying that that's not the case, but all of his actions show that that is the case. And if she's not perceptive of an, in, enough to, to, to see that, that's, at some point it's on her. I don't think she asks questions that she doesn't want to know the answers to. And if that's the kind of relationship that she wants to be in, that's fine. Let me just say that whoever the Afghan guy is, the Darcy's having cheese balls with. Oh, brother. I mean, there's plenty of other women having cheese balls with him in the weird-looking overlit diner. In the fishbowl <laughs> drink, which, look, I don't care if you're not drinking out of the actual bowl that the fish are in but wh- who's protecting them like is there a splash guard so that the were drink actually doesn't fish get in or were they those little robo fish that you can buy that sort of did you ever get robo fish i mean you wouldn't you hate robots 
I had some robot I fish. I had a fish. Ca- I, ha- I have fish and all the fish died, so I got some robo fish and just put them in there. It basically served the same function. They swam up and down. I quite liked them. They had names. It was good. Then they died as well. That's really dark. Yeah. Um, Chris and Jamie. Mm-hmm. Come on, then. Um, We've already had conversations about Chris and Jamie, and we we strongly disagree. I don't want to shit on things and be down on the show that, you know, in some ways I love, but other people may love slightly more than me this season. I, I don't feel any love with them, and so their marriage didn't fill me with the joie that I might ordinarily get from a situation like that. And that's probably all I need to say. I want to say that the hair and makeup looked great. I think Chris looked 10 years younger. Um, I didn't care for either dress. I thought Jamie's was too white. I actually, I didn't hate Chris's dress. I didn't like it on her. I think it wasn't, uh, I think it was about two sizes too small for her. And that's not me like body shaming her or anything. Obviously she's like a beanpole. I mean like, yeah, height wise. It was, I think her mother is shorter than her and it is just a totally different body type. Now, I'm sorry. I just need to say that on the day of our legal marriage um i wore my mother's wedding dress and my mother and i have very different body types i'm much taller than she is and uh less less gifted in the chest department shall we say um and i think the dress looked beautiful on both of us well i certainly agree in regard to you i have different feelings about the dress Chris wore. And I just think that there's a haunted Victorian doll somewhere feeling very cold. But it's not, I I get what you're saying, but it's not a haunted Victorian doll dress. It's like a late sixties, early seventies, like leg of mutton sleeve. That's what you think. Kind of shift dress. Bohemian kind of. Yeah, there wasn't a stitch of lace on it. Mm, That's not how it looked to me. But, you know, obviously... I I think your brain overcorrects to what you want to see. Like, if you want... Maybe. Maybe. I'm about to give him a tour of creepy Victorian doll dresses. Oh, boy. Should I become... You know those, like, uh, that subculture of women who dress like dolls? No. Should I do that? No. They buy, like, really long wigs and they would they wear like kind of little girl dresses but they're yeah you lost me a little girl dresses <laughs> what do you think their first dance was chris and jamie <sighs> do you think they had one um i think that's a song on the deftones seminal album white pony called knife party I think I think it was that. I think Chris, that is her favorite song. You think so? Yeah. 
Get your knife! Go get your knife! You know what I bet it was? Mm. I, whenever, whatever year it was, I remember my, so my aunt and uncle, who are professional musicians, and for many, many years did, uh, did weddings. They're still doing weddings sometimes. Um, Bloody long wedding. The song that I die inside every time I hear, but it's such a fucking first dance. And I'm, and look, if you like this song, <laughs> if this was your, if first this dance. was your first dance, that is very much your problem. Oh. The smile on your face lets me know that you need me. There's a truth in your eyes saying you'll never leave me. The touch of your hand says you'll catch me whenever I fall. You say it best. You say it best. When you say nothing at all. Or if what you have to say is in another language I don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was probably that. <laughs> it's either that or the Indigo Girls cover of Romeo and Juliet yeah, by Dire Straits. Don't come for that. That is one of the greatest songs ever recorded. I'm not coming for that. It was just... It, it was the only... <sighs> He's got a love song that he made. Just letting everybody know. <laughs> That's an incredible. That is an incredible. That album. is, if you guys haven't heard the Indigo Girls cover of Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits, it will tear and your Juliet, heart into pieces. The dust will float from the start. We apologize to any animals in your home who were Man. activated by that sound. It's not as good as Galileo. It's not as good as, I went to the doctor, I went to the mountains, I looked to the children, I drank from the fountains. <laughs> Anything- I went to the doctor, I went to the mountains. I mean... That is not a second opinion that is conventional. I think it is. I think think it's I look to. No, I think it's I went to the doctor, I went to the mountains, I looked to the children, I drank from the fountains. But I look, I'm no expert. I'm a heterosexual male. What would I know? What would I know? All right. Uh, Inkers, what did you think of our podcast tonight? I think that's like a four out of ten. And a stretch. There you go. All right, y'all. Thanks for bearing with us. You can tell we're crazed. Pugler still doesn't have anything to say. Um, We love you very much. Thank you for bearing with us. Please tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. Get get the word out there. Share this podcast. Well, maybe not this podcast. Yeah, not this one. This one's been crazy. Share a good episode of this uh, (laughs) with a friend, family member, co-worker, colleague, lollipop lady. Not the fucking lollipop lady at Alfie's school. I love her. 
everyone loves Sheila, right? Yeah. It's really weird. Everyone crosses the road, right? And yeah. they go, thanks, Sheila. And she's like, yeah, right, have a nice day. Yeah. She's, she is genuinely She like, is ancient. Like God bless 95 her. years yeah. old. Um, and like she came to the school recently to tell stories about like the war. And it was the first war. The great war. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the Boer War. Um, but she never talks to me. Like, me and Alfie are just dumbfounded every single time. He's like, why does she blank you every time? I go, thank you. And just, she scowls at me. <laughs> She's like motley. <laughs> oh, don't be horrible. No, she hates me. We're not going to end on that kind of sound. I don't know why. I'm no. nice. <laughs> well, to you, to Sheila, the lollipop lady... And to anyone else that may be concerned, see See you soon. soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.